You believe that tonight? Jesus is the way, the way, the truth, <laughs> and the life. There's none above him. Father, we just are so grateful and so thankful to be in your house tonight. Thank you, Father, for sending us your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Father, we just ask you, there's a word that goes forth tonight, as Vic says, Father, let us hang on every word. And Father, we're so appreciative again of all your great and mighty blessings and the mighty works that you are doing here in this house and in each household represented here this evening and watching us online. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Let's give them a hand. Y'all can have a seat. I tell you, they do an awesome job of uh, ushering in the presence of God. And Wow. Well, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to our midweek service. Is this, am I okay? okay. And uh, my name is Leon Barber. I'm an executive director here at Harvest Church. And Pastor and Pastor Misty and some of our other leadership team, they're actually with the Hagans in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week. And they'll be back here on Sunday, and I know they're going to come in here filled with the power of the Lord. So uh, you don't want to miss either service on Sunday. So uh, on Wednesdays, if you've been paying attention, it's very power-packed here. Um, on the first Wednesday of every month, we have prayer, right? And then on the second Wednesday of every month, we've been having a discipleship series. And the third Wednesday of every month, like uh, last Wednesday, Pastor and Pastor Misty have been doing a leadership series. Uh, based on an awesome book. And then starting this month on the fourth Wednesday, Pastor said that he wanted to start ministering on either faith or healing. And the reason is, is because in each and every one of our lives, there will come a point in our, there will come a point in our lives where we're going to need either we or someone we know is going to need either faith or word for healing. Amen. So a few weeks ago, he asked me if I would uh, minister tonight, and as soon as he said, I said, you know what, Pastor, I want to minister on faith. I got a few stories, a few real-life stories that I can share with you, how God has moved in mind in my wife's life. And I want you to know that most of the words I'm going to be speaking tonight are words, none of them are my words. I'm going to quote scripture from the Word of God. You're going to hear some of those of you who know Kenneth E. Hagan. Um, referred to as Dad Hagen, and uh, you're going to hear some other authors that I'm going to quote. But basically, though, I'm going to talk to you directly from the Word of God, what God has to say about faith. Now, faith is a big subject, and we've got 724 right now. We've got about 36 minutes. I am not going to cover it all, but I am going to give you enough. I believe at the end I'm going to give you five or six points that if you start applying them, I believe it will have a, a very positive impact in your life. Are you all with me? Yes, Amen. So um, here's something I learned a long time ago. While I was studying for this lesson, this came to me. Uh, I learned this quite some years ago. There's a big difference between facts and the truth. Here's, here's, an, here's a great example. The fact is, right now, it is not raining outside. How many of y'all will agree with that? But since we're in North Carolina, we know in, in five minutes that could change. <laughs> it could start snowing here in the next eight minutes. 
And so here's what happens. Let's say in 10 minutes at 7.35, it starts raining. The fact that it was not raining changed to the fact that it is raining. Y'all with me? Facts always change. The word of God, the truth never changes. And tonight we're going we're gonna to give you a little bit of truth so that, uh, and that you can hang your hat on, like, like Vic was saying. <laughs> so first let's look at the word to see what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified says this, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Notice what that scripture said. It says, faith is the assurance. Faith is the confirmation. Faith is the proof of things we cannot see right now. You know, I have a very simple brain, and when I think about faith, to me, it's, it's just simply trusting God and having confidence in his word that what he said he will do. Every time. Thank you. And here's the other part of it, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes. Faith is trusting God, but then also doing my part and making sure that my words and my actions line up with what I'm believing him for. So that's what faith is, simply stated. Why is faith important? Again, we'll go to the word of God, and we'll see what God has to say about it. Hebrews 11:6 says this, without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Without faith, folks, it's impossible to please him. How many of y'all want to please God? You're going to say no? <laughs> of course, we all want to please God. And the word says clearly, without faith, it's impossible. And this scripture is telling us that if we don't have faith, it is impossible to please him. So it sounds like faith is kind of important. So when I first, when I first heard those words, I kind of said to myself, okay, I get that. I understand that. But how do I get faith? You know, I, I've, over the years, my wife and I have attended a lot of different church services. I am so thankful for Harvest Church. We have been here for over two decades. I stopped counting over, over, over 20 years. But I'm so thankful because of the word and the example and the precept that our pastors give us. But listen to the scripture. Romans 10, 17 in the easy-to-read version says, So faith comes from hearing the good news. And people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. So what's the good news? It is that God our Father sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us. Jesus shed his blood for us so that we may not bear a spiritual death, so we may live forever and ever and ever in the presence of God. That is awesome news. If you're a Christian today, the... Hello? Okay. <laughs> if you're a Christian today, the worst thing that will happen to you is you're going to go to heaven. And that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Once a person 
is once a person has been born again by accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, they become a member of the body of Christ or the church and a person to whom this next scripture applies to. Romans 12:3. Paul wrote this to the church. For I say through the grace given to me that to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So faith came because we heard the gospel and we accepted Jesus in our life. And when we did that, God gave each of us a measure of faith. So faith comes by hearing the gospel and acting on that good news, accepting Jesus. God gives us a measure of faith. It also needs to be said that we must, I repeat, we must exercise our faith in order to receive all that God has in store for us. I, I, I. I'm going to, every answer to the question I ask you tonight is going to be yes. So you might as well just get used to raising your hand. So if you think about your life and you think about the goodness of God, how many of us want to fulfill the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth of everything that God has called and anointed and appointed us to do? Amen. Amen. So in order to do that, God has given us a measure of faith. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like I started going back to the gym again after. <laughs> and, uh, and I started out, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I get on a treadmill. And then uh, I have this very simple routine where I started out with like five push-ups and 20 sit-ups. Well, today I did 150 sit-ups and 40 push-ups. So, so now I'm not saying hooray for me. What I am saying is that much like that physical exercise, we have to exercise our faith the same way. We have to constantly work on it. When I first got saved and I started hearing these things, I had faith, but I likened the faith I had to that of a baby. In order for our faith to grow, we must constantly and consistently renew our minds on the word of God. We must spend time with him. We must assemble just like we're doing today. And then as we get to know God in a greater measure, we're going to find our faith growing. The closer you get to God, the more you believe him. The more you believe him, <laughs> the easier this faith journey becomes. And, and, and here's, here's one of the key things, and I'll probably mention it again. When, when our faith is out there, we're all in here today believing God for something. If people online, you're, we're all believing God for something. What we don't want to do is we don't want to put a time limit on him. There are things I've been believing God for for years, but I believe him just as strongly today as I did the first day I asked him for it. Amen? I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it, and it is going to happen. Listen to this. I'm going to read you some words directly from Kenneth E. Dad Hagen. These are his words. A number of years ago when I was healed of heart trouble, I was struggling along some of these faith lines that many people do. Alarming heart symptoms would return. While praying and standing on the promises of God, even while suffering severe pain, the Lord reminded me of Abraham who considered not his own body. He showed me that I should not consider my body, but rather should consider his word. Now, again, this is Dad Hagen talking. He said, as I did this, repeating to myself some of God's promises in the scriptures regarding healing, 
such as, for himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, every symptom would leave. And here's the bottom line to what he's saying here. He says, too many times we focus our attention on the wrong thing. We consider our physical body and the symptoms rather than looking to God's word. It's kind of like Patrice and I were reading, we read one of Dad Hagen's devotionals every morning. It was either yesterday or today. We were just talking about how Peter walked on the water. Jesus said, come. First thing he says, don't criticize Peter if you've never walked on the water. Because at least he took a few steps, amen? But what happened? Peter started looking at the circumstances instead of focusing on Jesus. For the few seconds he was focused on Jesus, he was able to do what Jesus said to do. But the moment the waves, he started paying attention to the waves and the wind, and he started getting back into his physical senses, that's when he fell back into the water. And you've heard Pastor Coyne say this, and I'm paraphrasing it. Faith, if faith were an algebraic equation, it would say faith equals believing this statement. God said it. I believe it. It is done. <laughs> I love that. God said it. I believe it. It is done. So we know we we learn very quickly what faith is. How do we get it? So how does it work? Let's go to Mark 11.23. And uh, I'm going to read it to you in two different versions. First, the New King James Version. We've all heard the scripture many times. It's one of, if you follow Dad Hagen in in any part of his career as a minister, he always went to the scripture. But here's some key things. There are some key things in this I want you to get. So I'm going to read it to you from both the New King James Version and the easy-to-read version. And I want you to remember, as I'm reading this, this is Jesus speaking. This is not Leon talking. This is Jesus speaking. Here it is from the New King James Version. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he or she will have whatever they say. Now, here's the easy-to-read version. The truth is, you can say to this mountain, go mountain, fall into the sea, and if you have no doubts in your mind and you believe that what you say will happen, then God will do it for you. (laughs) Oh, man, I might get excited up here. This This is awesome. So now I'm going to read something to you. Uh, You've heard Pastor quote this gentleman. His name is Rick Renner. He has a tremendous ministry in Russia. Uh, He's written several books. But he wrote this book called Sparkling Gems. And please listen very carefully what he says here. He's talking about this scripture I just read to you. He says, did you notice that Jesus said if a person confesses something and shall not doubt in his heart? In other words, if we believe that the words we are speaking with our mouths, we will have exactly what we say. The word doubt that Jesus used in the scripture is from a Greek word that means to hesitate, to waver, to doubt, or to differ. In context, Jesus is saying that when our heart does not differ from what we are saying, the combination of our heart and our mouth in agreement will always make things happen. Rick Renner calls this concept the heart-mouth connection. Creative power is released when the heart and the mouth get into agreement. That's why we must be careful about 
what we believe in our heart and what we speak with our mouth because when our heart and mouth get in sync with each other, it literally makes things come to pass. For instance, if we believe that Jesus purchased our healing and we put that heartfelt faith together with the confession of our mouths, we can literally bring that healing into manifestation in our physical bodies. Heart, mouth, connection. Now, just like everything else in life, this can work positively or it can work negatively. Then I'll talk a little bit more about that. But did you catch that? Faith works when our heart and our words agree. So that's why the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, it's absolutely vital to having faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to consistently renew our minds on the word of God by reading the word, listening to messages based on the word, which is one of the reasons Patrice and I love Harvest Church. Our pastors are always feeding us the word, always. And the more our mind is renewed on the word of God, the more that word gets into our heart, and the more the words that we speak, speak do not differ from that word, the more our faith works. Now, we all know this is true because well, probably none of you in here have ever done this, but I used to, like, live on the 24-hour news cycle all the time, newspapers, CNN, Fox News, every news channel for years. And I was depressed. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. And I was trying to solve the problems of the world, listening to these people who were literally, they were reading, whoops, they were reading off of a screen. They weren't, most of them weren't even comprehending what they were saying. But I had faith for those words that they were speaking. And I would speak those same words out of my mouth and I would believe what they were saying with my heart. And it resulted in me suffering some physical and mental anguish in my life. Faith works whether it's positive or whether it's negative. While studying for this lesson, I was reminded of a time in our lives when Things were going very badly. This happened years ago. And like, like most people, we all have go through things. But in this particular case, I had health issues, money issues, no peace, couldn't sleep. And I was attending a church at the time, but I was also watching a lot of uh, services on television. And I can't remember the minister's name, but I heard just one scripture that I believe God sent to help me. And it was from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. It says this, For the, lo for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. This is what I did. I wrote that scripture down on a little yellow post-it, and I put it in my wallet. And for several months, every time I started feeling bad, I would pull that scripture out, and I would just read it to myself. I didn't know anything about faith. I didn't know anything about the word, but I just knew I liked that scripture, and it made me feel good. And, I, and I, but, well, here's what happened. I started developing faith for what God was saying in that scripture, in that one verse. And that was the spark of the beginning of a spiritual journey that my wife and I are still on today. So in order for our faith to work, our heart and our words must agree. And again, I want to warn you, this works on the positive side, and it also works on the negative side. The positive words you want to speak need to be based on the Word of God. 
It, you do not want to base it on what the world is saying. And we, gotta, we have to be very careful about what we deposit in our spirit and the words that come out of our mouths. Pastors are fond of making this quote. He quoted Dad Hagen before he went, went to be with the Lord. One of the things he always saying, he said, the biggest challenge that the body of Christ faces today, and it's probably still true, is we need to renew our mind on the word of God more consistently. Every day, every day, every day. I remember years ago, I was at having lunch with a pastor, and he's like, he's like, he was telling me, he said, Leon, you know, I've got people that tell me, well, it doesn't take all that to, it doesn't take all that to serve God. And you know what pastor's response was? He said, I'm here to tell you it takes this and more. Yeah. It does. Where was I? Oh, here I am. Okay. <laughs> Uh, our words are like seeds. So the question is, what kind of harvest do we want to reap? Our faith must be based on what God says. Listen to the words that Paul spoke, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but your faith should be in the power of God. So we're progressing tonight. And let's say we're now to the point where our heart and our words are in agreement. What do we do now? That was the part I always got stuck on. I said, okay, I, I hear this word. Sounds great. I got the scripture. I understand. What do I do? Great question. Because faith does require us to do something. James 2, 14 to 17 says this. My brothers and sisters, if a person claims to have faith but does nothing, that faith is worth nothing. Faith like that cannot save anyone. Suppose a brother or sister in Christ comes to you in need of clothes or something to eat, and you say to them, God be with you. I hope you stay warm and get some food to eat. But you don't give them the things that they need. If you don't help them, then your words are worthless. It is the same with faith. If it is just faith and nothing more, if it doesn't do anything, that faith is dead. Now, I don't know about you, but the question that's come up in my mind when I'm faced with various situations is, what exactly should I do about this? And I've learned, I, I just, I've learned over the years, I just give it to God. And then I just sit quietly and I just, there's always, there's always, to learn this from Pastor Coyne as well, you've heard him say it, there's a natural side to things and then there's a spiritual side to things. So in the natural, I perform due diligence. I do some research, I do some studying, I do a lot of thinking, I may get some advice. I talk to my wife, I talk to Pastor. But when God gives me peace about doing something, that's the direction I tend to head in. God will tell us what we should be doing if we ask him. And in a few minutes, I'm going to give you a few examples from our life from how we have to continue to exercise our faith. It's almost as if God's super resting on our natural creates the results. Here's one more very important key ingredient that we need for our faith to work. It's a, it's a huge word. That word is patience. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. Hebrews 6.12 says this, We don't want you to be lazy. We want you to be like those who, because of their faith and patience, will get what God has promised. Have you ever heard this? God, please give me patience and give it to me right now. Here's the thing. What we're believing God for, we believe we have it when? 
now. Because the scripture says, now faith is. But there will be some time between our prayers of asking God and the manifestation of those things. What do we do while we are waiting? While we are waiting, we thank God. While we are waiting, we praise God. While we are waiting, we continue to speak those things that be not as though they were. While we are waiting, we generate peace in our hearts. While we are waiting, we just wait on God with total anticipation that what he said he would do, he will do. And that requires patience. I am totally convinced, totally convinced that God's timing is the absolute best timing in the universe. Patience is a key ingredient to our faith work. And I had one guy, I was talking to him about this. He's like, yeah, but, you know, when is it going to happen, man? When is it going to happen? I was like, you, that, that's not the word you want to be speaking. Let me give you a couple of real-life examples. Uh, both mine and Patrice, I, I asked her for permission this morning to talk a little bit about this. So over the years, all of us have gone through things. Amen? There's not a human being on this planet that hasn't gone through things. So <clears throat> a couple of recent examples. Well, one recent, one not so recent. So a few weeks ago, uh, well, many years ago, Patrice had a challenge with one of her eyes. And long story short, we found out it was a detached retina. There's some very serious procedures, some very serious surgeries, very successful. As a matter of fact, Joseph and Hannah were literally this big. I hope you all are watching. They were literally this big. And Pastor and Pastor Misty, when my wife was on the pre-op, they came by. They brought a plant, and Joseph and Hannah were with them. They prayed over her. Surgery was highly successful. So I'm, I'm kind of give you a context because about a few weeks ago, when Patrice woke up, her other eye started experiencing symptoms similar to what she experienced many years ago. So let me tell you what we did. This is what we did. I wrote it down so I, so I got it right. First thing we did, we immediately took it to God. We reminded him of his word in 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed. We st I started speaking that over my wife. She set herself in agreement with me. Then the next thing we did, we asked pastors to be in agreement with us for Patrice's healing. Why? Because there's power in agreement. Jesus himself said in Matthew 18, 19, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What's the third thing we did? We went to see a doctor. Because that's the natural part. It's one thing to sit at home and say, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, and that's great. But go see a doctor. And you know what? The, the, I mean, they ran all kinds of tests. And the, I mean, we were, there, we were there so long, the nurse came out and said, Sir, uh, are you waiting for a ride or something? <laughs> so like, you've been here for a while because the doctor ran so many tests, and bottom line, he couldn't find anything. Yeah. Isn't that good? But it, here's why we went to the, did not see a doctor. Now, after, we waited a couple of days, and after a couple of days, my wife says, you know what, this seems good to me. I need to go see a doctor. So we made an appointment, we, and here's what we did. Along the way, we prayed over that doctor. We prayed over the people. Um, as stated earlier, faith without works is dead. In all of life situations, we need to perform our own due diligence and ask God for his direction and his wisdom. So the symptoms have diminished. We're still believing God. We're still speaking what God said, and we're making sure that what's in our heart 
matches what's coming out of our mouths. And because we believe God, we have peace in this matter. Amen? And we continue to make sure our hearts and our words are in agreement. Here's another example. Many years ago, um, we, like a lot of folks, we were experiencing tremendous financial hardships. I've told this story many times. And uh, again, like a lot of people, I was having a hard time sleeping. Um, it was just... <laughs> It's really funny when you prepare for these sermons, sometimes God brings back to your remembrance things that, feelings that I had totally forgotten. But I, man, I felt lost. I mean, I, it was incredible. So I was up late one night and I saw Pastor Creflo Dollar ministering on TV on tithes and offerings. And I had kind of heard that before. And I listened to him and instantly I, I just, I got it. And then I remembered hearing Pastor Coyne saying, if you will trust God with one dime out of every dollar, God will do more with the 90% that's left than you can do with the 100%. And so that night I made a decision that no matter what, we would tithe and give offerings as well. Hey, let me, we were at the point where we were getting ready to lose our house. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. But I made a decision that we would tithe and give offerings because that's what God said we should do. And I got a hold of the scripture. I thought Vic stole my notes tonight because I've been standing on the scripture for years. I've quoted it so much that someone asked me, once asked me, Leon, did you write that scripture? <laughs> no, I did not. Malachi 3.10, but I, I got a different version for you. This is the CEV version. This is what it says. I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me, the Lord all-powerful, to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse, which is the local church, so that there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So we started tithing. We started giving. When a slot opened up in Financial Peace University, which we teach here at Harvest Church, we availed ourselves of that opportunity because we realized there were things in the natural we didn't know about money, about finances. And we went there so we could learn those things. And to this day, we have remained faithful tithers and givers. And to this day, I continue to confess that scripture over our finances every day. God, we bring all of our tithes into your storehouse, into your local church so there may be food, so the word can be taught here. And Father, we know we are... You said to try you now in this. So, Father God, I'm holding you to your word. I know you have opened up the windows of heaven. I know you have poured us out a blessing so big we don't have room enough to contain it. Thank you, Father. Oh, and guess what? We didn't lose our house. And God is just continuing to bless us. Yeah, God, that, that applause is for you because <laughs> all we did was we learned how to have faith in God. We learned how to operate in patience. We learn how to make our words match what God says. We just trust God. So let me wrap up with these five things that will help you with your faith walk. Number one, if you're in a particular situation, find scripture that covers that situation. Now, I, this is somewhere where I get stuck. I heard somebody say, find scripture. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know the Bible, so I'm going to find the scripture. Well, if you're a member of a harvest group, ask your harvest group leader. If you're in a service group, ask a department leader. If, you still, if you're not in one of those things, ask me or ask one of the leaders. We have lots of 
very knowledgeable leaders around here. We'll be happy to help you. That's what we're here for is to help you. But you can even go, even go to the Bible app and do a search on those words. But find scripture that covers your situation. And then personalize that scripture and get it into your heart. For example, I mentioned my wife's healing. 1 Peter 2.24, I confess that over her. As soon as my feet hit the floor every morning, God, I thank you my wife is healed. Jesus, thank you for bearing those stripes so that my wife, Patrice, she's healed right now. She's healed coming out. She's healed from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Thank you, Jesus. I can, we personalize and we confess it every day. Number three, ask God what you need to do. What you need to do. We've already asked him to do what we need him to do. Now say, God, what's my part in this? What do I need to say? What do I need to do? And sit quietly and let him minister to you. Sometimes, if you may not hear anything, in which case, just keep doing what you're doing. Other times, you, may, you, you might want to have a piece of paper and a pen nearby because sometimes he'll give you stuff and then you'll look and you, two days later and say, oh, my God. But whatever he tells you to do, do it. And, and don't pay any attention. If people tell you, oh, man, you're crazy, that means you're on the right track. <laughs> Nobody says that to me anymore. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, we've had many marvelous opportunities, but... Number four, stay patient, keep a great attitude no matter what it looks like, and make sure your words match what you are believing for in your heart. If you're believing God for a bill to get paid, don't say, God, I believe you, this bill is taken care of, and then three minutes later say, oh, Lord, where's this money going to come from? What you need to say is, God, I believe you, I'm standing on your word, and I'm doing everything that I need to do. And here's the thing I also throw in here is that check your heart. Because sometimes we're not doing everything that we need to do. Amen? Stay patient. Keep a great attitude. No matter what it looks like, make sure your words match what you believe in your heart. And number five, keep thanking and praising God until what you're believing for manifests itself. And here's a secret. Once it does, keep thanking him. Keep praising him. I was reading, I'm a kind of a history buff. I was reading about some of the history of America and the the people who came here, the early settlers. And uh, there was a particular group of people that God blessed immensely. And then after about 20 or 30 years of tremendous blessings, they kind of forgot about God. They they stopped praising him. They stopped thanking him. I I think as much as we praised him during those hard times, we should praise him twice as much. When those hard times stop, amen? Amen. Well, that's all I got for y'all tonight. (laughs) Father God, we just thank you. Thank you, Father, for this word. God, you are so wonderful. You make things so simple, so understandable for us, particularly for for me. God, we we just want to say thank you. We love you, Father. We appreciate this house. We thank you for the word that went forth tonight, Father. And I would just ask you, Father, that it just bless whomever you want that word to bless. That it would resonate with whomever you want it to resonate with, Father. And God, we just praise you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.